You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. So, hey, everybody, it's... uh, uh, Rick Bass. Well, we got some interference. Me being tech challenged as always. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough live again on Facebook. I'm uh, at home on Maui today. You can see these uh, the trees blowing behind me. It's noisy up here today, so apologies in advance, everybody. And by noisy here in the wilds of Maui, we're talking wind and barking pit bulls. So <laughs> either one happens. Uh, We'll, we'll do our best to uh, to deal with it. So, talking tough, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. So, as you know, we have some true, not only tough people, but tough characters on the show. Uh, you've seen them here. You've heard their stories. They're they're colorful. They've risen to the top, and then inevitably, there's some kind of big crash to the bottom, and that's where people's metal is really tested. Do they stay there? Or do they pull themselves up by the bootstraps and rise again to the top? Um, if they do, how'd they do it? If they're on the way there, what are they doing? That's what we want to find out on the show. Uh, we've been very lucky and blessed with some amazing guests so far. And the guest today is somebody that a lot of my friends will know and a lot of people in the entertainment world will know. Others may not, but once you get to know him today, I think uh, – you're, you're going to find uh, that you feel like you have a new friend or at the very least somebody that you want to follow. This is my longtime friend and the founder and CEO of Celebrity Boxing, Mr. Damon Feldman. Damon, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, Rick. Thanks a lot for having me. How you doing? Got you loud and clear, my friend. Are you hearing me okay? Great. Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. Okay, good, good. It's good to see you, man. We, um, so we spoke about an hour ago just to make sure we were connected. And that's yeah. the first time we've talked in a long time. First, I'm just glad to be back in touch with you and that uh, glad to see that you're sounding good and, and looking good. How's life, dude? Thank you, man. Likewise with you. Uh, good, man. Everything was uh, riding really great and uh, until this uh, corona hit. But um, things are working, man. You know, I met you about 10 years ago. I still remember meeting your office on Santa Monica Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just great to catch up and see you doing what you're doing too. Yeah, and coronavirus, man, that that ain't nothing for a guy like you. Uh, for me, it's like <laughs> same thing, man. I, I want to yeah. read. I, I did a bunch of reading about you before we uh, got here live, and I, I just want to read one thing that was in this amazing article. And this is quote unquote about Damon Feldman, occasionally tragic, sometimes <laughs> infuriating. Relentlessly optimistic and thoroughly improbable life. That's Is that you? Much, that sums it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool. uh, pretty much, yeah. Cool. And you don't mind, uh, you're laughing, so you, you don't mind being called occasionally tragic and sometimes infuriating? Um, I think before I was, I think now I've, uh, I know my career and I know where I am and who I am now. And before it was like, trying to learn that person you know what i mean uh so yeah i'm good when you call me whatever you want rick uh, your mom. <laughs> all right hey that wasn't me someone else wrote that although if yeah, i yeah. if i had the writing skills i probably would have written that about you so there you yeah, go that's fine 
uh, or yeah, I definitely want to get to get into who you are as a person because man, I, I, you know, for better or for worse, you've always reminded me of me, and hopefully that's a hopefully that's a good thing. But before we get into all that, man, let tell everybody what you do. What how when you meet someone for the first time that has not heard of celebrity boxing, how do you explain it? That's a great question, man. Um, basically, I just say uh, like I, I start throwing names out. You know, you remember Tanya Harding, Jose Canseco, Danny Bonaducci, and they say yeah. So I'm like I'm the guy who puts them. So I'm known as the 16 minute man. Um, the guy who gives celebrities their 16th minute. That's what that's about. You know, I wrote my book and my movie and all that. Um, but that's basically uh, yeah. Getting back to that, it's just like. I just have to explain it a little. You know, I put them in and I'm sort of building the WWE version of boxing to sum it up very easily. Which is some truly bizarre matches. I, I, I read earlier today that you matched Manute Bowl and Refrigerator Perry. How the hell did you get Manute Bowl <laughs> to even agree to do something like that? Yeah, well, so let me get back to there. Back then, I was the guy that worked the deal out. I had this vision of making a WWE version of boxing. Mm -hmm. uh, the one guy with the car productions, he had the idea of, you know, he wanted to see Danny Bonaducci basically lay out Barry Williams. So that just wasn't what I was thinking, you know what I mean? So wait, 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 um, hold on, hold on. This is this is Danny, this is Danny Partridge and, and Greg Brady you're talking about, right? Yes, yes, yes. Did I actually kind of find that personally upsetting? <laughs> I love both those guys. <laughs> anyway, oh yeah, no, definitely. And in China, when she fought but a few ago, I I told the guy, I don't want to say names. I said, come on, you can't do that. You, there's no way you could do that unless you're making it a show. They didn't want to listen to me. So uh, China got beat up pretty bad. And I, I'm glad because I just worked a deal. I took the step-aside deal and I let them do it. And it failed like I thought. And I just continued to do celebrity boxing. I took it on as a road show. But the matches, yeah. Jose Canseco fought Vaisek Ahema. Danny Bonaducci fought... Um, Everybody, I mean, you, 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 you know, I I boxed with Danny before. Have you sparred with Danny? Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm I'm pretty big guy, a lot way bigger yeah. than Danny. Uh, but uh, Danny is a guy who would fight anybody because you know he fought Jose Canseco once. It was a real big fight here in Philly when Danny became a radio uh, host here in Philly, and Danny took it serious. Jose did too because wow. he he was a little nervous because he got his first fight. He got TKO'd by. Bicycle him and a former Philadelphia Eagle, and um, he wasn't taken as a joke. And he hit Danny with a good punch in the first round. Danny knew it was a real fight, and that was Danny's last fight. So it was a oh, draw. Okay, yeah. okay. I I, uh, I won a few rounds with Danny backstage at Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling. Oh, you was, did? Yeah, well, I produced that show, and Danny was on that along with another mutual friend of ours. Frank Stallone was one of the contestants on that show. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Frank didn't want to do the, um, I forget, he didn't want to do the leg drop or something. I forget what it Frank was. didn't want to do anything. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a little older, and uh, pro wrestling is hard. You know, yeah. okay, so you, you were a pro boxer yourself, right? How many fights did you have? Yeah, I went, I uh, fought nine fights. I was 9-0 and as a pro, and I was 8-1 right. as an amateur. Okay, so seven, 17 and one, all in all, that's that's a hell of a record. The, the reason yeah. I jumped to that so quickly, you know, Frank didn't want to do anything in pro wrestling because once he got there, he got an understanding of how hard it is and how much it hurts. And yeah. you know, similarly to boxing, 
I can't tell you how many times I've seen people watch heavyweights on TV and start yeah. to give them a bad time because they're they're moving slow or they're getting tired or they they can't throw a punch hard enough. I would I would challenge anybody out there who's never boxed before to glove yeah. up and box one minute against an opponent who's actually trying to hit you. Man, <laughs> yeah. that, that ain't easy, man, is it? No, no, it's not at all. And funny you said that because. Uh, one thing, let's go back to Frank real fast. Like Frank's a real fight guy. Like Frank knows boxing better than mm -hmm. most boxing people. So him and Sly, but um, yeah, man, like people don't understand when you step in the ring, you know, it's, 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 you gotta be in shape. You know what I mean? You gotta have some experience, even if it's celebrity stuff, but the celebrity stuff now we're doing is more of a show. All right. So before when it was not maybe as much of a show, which celebrities that once the bell rang, like were just like a deer in the headlights? Did anybody run, hide behind referees, try to try to get out of it at the last minute? Oh man, let me think of that. Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, we had a lot of pullouts, but um, ah man, that's that's a good question, uh, Rick. I'm not really sure offhand. Like, yeah, so I, I read something. Really take it pretty serious. Like Willie Ames was a really strange guy. Did you say Willie Ames? Yeah, he fought for us once, though. From eight is enough, Willie Ames, right? Yeah, he came to Philly, and I was like, we were driving through to a radio interview, and he's looking at all the tops of houses saying about something about antennas. I didn't know he, you know, puts antennas for cable companies in. It was a really bizarre wow. guy, but uh, he fought, and he was trying to knock, he, he was hitting the guy after the bell. It was, it got a little crazy, yeah. Willie Ames. Now, he was on Eight Is Enough. I loved that show when I was a kid. That's back when he was a kid. So, all right. I just thought of something. I want to draw a parallel between Willie Ames and Damon Feldman for a moment. So he was a big he was a big star when that show was hot. I love that star. That, yeah. that show. And so you said he is now working for a cable company. Well, 10 years ago, he was or working was. for a cable or, company. So he went from, went from big star to working for a cable company yeah. installing that that's a fall from grace man oh, um, yeah, you yeah. you you fall you've fallen from the top and to some pretty low places haven't you oh man i've hit brick walls it's all part of getting where you want to be but i did hit some really crazy brick walls with drinking yes all right so let me ask you this i'm gonna put you on the spot and folks yeah. out there we have a lot of people watching and listening that's really cool um did not set this up with damon so he's on the spot here so, Damon, I, like if, if I list the shit that happened in my life, I quickly will go things like been shot, been stabbed, had stage four lung cancer, was homeless, yes. was addicted, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Give me your five or six or 16 things hap that happened to you. 16, yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever the list is. Well, like the, the so from day one, like when I was a kid, so my mom got injured, injured became a quadriplegic in a wheelchair, I lived with three different families. My dad raised us. My dad was dying of Alzheimer's disease. Um, I got two DUIs. Uh, I also got in a fight with a girlfriend, and I hit her on two different occasions. And I don't mm. want anybody to think I'm real happy about that because I've already done the tears. I've done the time, and I paid the time in 13 months in jail. But it really woke my ass up in life when I got there. I was really suffering not to make any excuses. Um, I did hit her, and I was drinking ridiculously and taking like uh, fat burners and it was just a bad time of life was bad. Wa watching my father die just made me some i was in a dark place at that time i don't even know what happened and 
Now I do speaking engagements and I speak to a lot of women and I look at them in the eye and I, I'm up front with my conversation and what happened. And uh, by the end of it, they understand that I'm sincere because I tell them, you know, I basically slapped my mom in the face for doing that. Um, but that's it. I mean, like, you know, look, I'm so sorry. Luckily, you know, we we're able to move on with that. Um, I'll always be regretful about that. But, um, you know, I take care of my children and uh, I try to do the best I can and be the best person I can in life. So. Uh, awesome. I want to back you up for a minute because you said you want to move on from it. But I'm going to challenge you again and, yeah. and, and go back to, to what you did. Um, I'm Thank looking you. at the, the people that are on right now. Um, a lot of friends are on there. John Salvadori, him, Kelly Sugano, who owns the best sushi bar on this planet, Taka-O. I miss, miss Taka-O, Kelly. Uh, now, I, I have a friend on name, Alexa Lee. And Alexa, I would say, is I would say she's a feminist. And I, and I mean that in a positive mm -hmm. way, Alexa, if you're listening to this. So you do speaking engagements and you talk with women. How yeah. do they react? How do they react to you when they find out you went to prison for hitting your girlfriend? Well, I think they're curious to see what I'm going to say next. Like, you know, I tell the story how it is and they're probably thinking, OK, so what's this guy going to say next? Is he a real guy, real bad guy, whatever? I look him in the eye and I tell them, listen, I drank. I was a mess. I was in the worst time of my life. I was, I was a mess. That's it. I was in a dark place. I didn't know what was going on. I wake up in the morning. I cry in the fucking mirror thinking like what's going on in my life. I didn't know what depression was. I had no clue I was going through a stage of depression. I didn't find that out until I did mistake and I ended up going to jail and I woke up in jail and I was like, wow, man, I really effed up. You know what I mean? And I got therapy I needed in jail and I went through all that. And I just tell the story. I just tell my story and I look them in the eye and I say, I'm very, very sorry to be able to have to even tell you ladies this, but that's why I'm here. And that's why my story is uh, so intriguing because it never happened before, never will again. And it was totally a fluke in a dark time in my life. And uh, I just want to, I always want to help women out. You know, my mom was a quadriplegic in a wheelchair. She was brutally assaulted. And I feel like sometimes I paid the price for my mom going through that. You know, that's why I spent the time in jail. And it was a lot of guilt, it sounds like. Are, are, yeah, you, yeah, are, you, still, are you still carrying guilt over this assault or have you forgiven yourself? <laughs> um, I, I'm never going to forgive myself, man. Um, I... For what I did, I'll be forever regretful because, you know, it's not me. You know what I mean? And I, I re realized that every girl I'm friends with, you know, and hundreds of girls, they know it's not me. And they, they can't believe that I did it. And I, I open up, you know, I've shed several tears since my release four years, three years ago. Um, and it made me really understand life. And it's still very tough for me to say it because, you know, not only did I, make a disgraceful decision in drinking and hitting her. I uh, lost time in my children's life. I also, my dad was my hero and I paid the price for that. And he died while I was in jail and I wasn't able to go to the funeral. Oh, wow. So I, I pretty much got the learning experience of a lifetime where no matter what circumstances, I will never drink again. I so you're done. You, you, you don't drink at all now. You're done. Completely. haven't had a drink in four years since this happened. Wow. Did you go through a program or you just made the decision no. on your own? No, you just did it. no. I, everybody asked me that, man. Rick, what I did is 
I looked at my son's picture, my daughter's picture when the moms, I have two different kids and they signed, sent the pictures in. And when I um, saw them and I cried every day in jail, um, wrote my goals down, wrote my book in jail on a little pencil and paper, came out and uh, Sporty Smith helped me make it happen. And I wrote my movie, but that's all I needed is to see I wasn't there for my children and knew that I really made a mistake and I woke up and all right, good. I, and, you're, and you moved on. It. So when, that, when you wake up these days, what, yeah. how are you? How are you when you wake up? What's your mood like? Do you have to, you have to fight depression every day or are you in a much better place now? No, no. You know what? Um, I fight against the uh, depression. I do this thing called vlogging with the 16 minute man on my celebrity boxing CEO YouTube and uh, a lot of different videos there. I try to get be motivating the men, women, children, whatever. I just want to help, especially in these crucial times, crazy times. I'm able to, you know, get deliver a message where I really want to help people, and I do. Like, see, I'm not about making it big for the money. I'm more for a legacy. Like when I get my movie made, I'm more interested in showing who my mom and dad were. My mom lived her whole life in a wheelchair, suffered. And my dad died terribly, you know, through Alzheimer's disease. And um, I just want to fight for for people. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be like a person that people can look up to and know that I made an honest mistake. And I changed my state because I didn't have that mistake again and never will again because I will never drink. And so I, mean, so I just realized it. So that's that's amazing. So yeah, I I do know people. My my friend Sting, the pro wrestler. Um, yeah. We've talked all we talked a lot about this just lately, as recently mm -hmm. as yesterday. And same thing. Never went to an AA meeting. Nothing of the sort. He made a decision because he knew that was the right thing for his life at that time, and he, very good decision as it turns out. Life that's has awesome improved so much. That that's amazing. So we we call like in the program. I I did the whole AANA thing for a while. I now do a thing called EA. It's called Emotions Anonymous. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't focus on any addictive substance. Focuses more on on being a positive person or a good person, and what we call in the program being of service. So it it sounds like you're you're geared to be of service as much as you can to other people. How, how do you reconcile that with getting people like? Tanya Harding to beat up on Paula Jones. <laughs> how, how do those two things? How do those two things meet in the middle? Uh, interesting, interesting question. Um, well, there's two sides to me too. So there's the one side that is the fighter, one side that's you know has a heart and just wants to help people. But together, it all comes together. Um, well, I'm a. I, I think I'm a wild guy in thinking because I think out of the box and putting these matches together. Not anybody. In fact, I'm going to announce a pretty big match in the next week for six months down the road. It's going to be a coronavirus relief fund fight, and it's a pretty big star we have going to fight. And I'm going to go over it. You know, I can't say it now, but we'll talk about it for sure. Um, the getting back to Paula Jones. That fight happened so weird, man. Um, now, Paul Jones, just so just for context, um, and again, your only your first name is up on the screen. A lot of people are joining us. This is Damon Feldman. He's the creator and the CEO of Celebrity Boxing. Uh, now, Paula Jones was in, involved in the whole Bill Clinton scandal, right? Yes. Okay. And, um, so it was a little. It wasn't just that easy to get her in the ring. She was like, she didn't want to have anything to do with it. She did get a good payday from that situation. 
How, how much? What? How much is a good payday? Oh, with Clinton, I think. I, I don't know. I oh, I thought you meant for celebrity boxing. Okay, yeah, go celebrity ahead. boxing. I think they, you know, somewhere around thirty thousand. Not bad. Wow. You know, what I mean, like, mm. um, but you know, just all their sponsors. It, did, it gave her a sixteenth minute. Um, I'll, I'll fight Tanya. I'll fight Tanya Harding for thirty grand. You sure you Probably want to fight Tanya? <laughs> no, I just want the thirty grand. I get my ass kicked. <laughs> Why not? <It'd> be fun. <laughs> nah, anyway. good man. But Tanya's a tough woman. Right. Um, but all these people are like really controversial people I work with. From them, the Lindsay Lohan's dad to Conseco, Rodney King even fought for me and lived with me for four months when he was in Philadelphia. Um, Rodney King lived with you and fought for yeah. that's fantastic. I got to yeah, tell I you a funny through. story in a minute. Go on, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I don't want to hear it. I don't know if you know, I had Joey Buttafuoco fought Amy Fisher's husband. Amy Fisher <laughs> fought Octomom. They fought in LA in Hollywood when I did the fights out there. Joey Buttafuoco. A couple of them. Yeah, I have been. I definitely have been to at least one of your shows, man. You know, my, my life was crazy like yours. And. I forget yeah. so much of what happened and so much of what I did. But I, I do remember, I have to tell you, man, when I first heard about celebrity boxing, and, and yeah. this, is from, this is from a guy in the pro wrestling world, so I shouldn't be casting judgment on anything. But I'm like, this is, this is I'm just going to be honest. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Celebrity yeah. boxing, what are these people? And I remember <laughs> going to your show and being very impressed with how you, you promoted it, how you produced it. Yes. How everybody was carrying carrying themselves there, yeah. So good, good product, man. You, you've yeah, we had a lot a of people job. involved, and but thank you um, for sure. So, what is the biggest? Um, James Johnston wants to know: is How did you first come up with the idea for celebrity boxing? Um, so, I basically just. I, it was, I had a local weatherman and local radio personality in Philadelphia. I was like, let me think out of box. Pro boxing wasn't working. Tough man boxing wasn't working. I was like, in 99, I forget what year exactly it was. So I said, let's do celebrity boxing. So I approached them both. So it was radio versus TV. That was, it got incredible publicity. And then I produced, you know, I had my attorneys like work a deal out, out there to get me in Los Angeles to meet. Um, a couple of production companies, and they said that they were putting this together with Doug Clark Productions, and they loved it. They just thought this was phenomenal. But again, the concept, what I had and they had it were two different things, but, you know, we were able to work a deal out, and I, I went my way, they went their way. Okay. What's, what's the biggest fight in celebrity boxing you've ever put together? Um, man... I had a lot of pretty crazy ones. You know, Larry, um, I'm on um, Howard Stern all the time with different fights. Uh, man, well, I had the Lenny Dyke show. Was gonna yeah, you're, you're a baby. frequent guest on Howard Stern, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the biggest fight, I think that the two of them with all around who they were, I mean, Vanilla Ice was huge, but I got to say, Jose Canseco fought Danny Bonaduce. It was the biggest numbers we did, like 3,000 in the crowd. And it was like, I don't know, 35,000 pay-per-view buys. It was pretty interesting. 35,000 pay-per-view. Wow. That's yeah. that's a hell. For anybody that knows anything about pay-per-view and how hard that business is, oh, that's yeah. actually something I wanted to talk to you about in a moment. That's that's impressive. Um, you're, you're frequently 
on Howard Stern. Is that right? As a guest? Yeah. Yeah. I was. Or you've been on his show a bunch of times? 27 times. Yeah. Wow. I love Howard. Howard, after Mick Jagger, that is the person I want to meet most on this planet, Howard Stern. And uh, yeah. so you heard it there, folks. Listen to the Talking Tough. Damon Feldman has been on Howard Stern 27 times, and now I got him. So I guess we're doing something right here. <laughs> well, you're uh, from, guy, what's the, um, I'm happy to be on your show. Good. Thank you, Damon. Thank you. What's the biggest fight that you almost made that got away from you? You know, what, what I wanted to mention to you, yeah. I used to work for a guy named Rick Coolis. Do you remember Rick Coolis? He, he, he was often known as the inventor of pay-per-view. And he's a guy that um, was Shelly Saltman, did the Evil Knievel jump over Snake River oh, Canyon right, a million right. years ago. And then and then that. they he dove in. He made a fortune in pay-per-view. And like we did Hollifield Douglas together out of uh, Vegas and a lot of Leonard and Duran, a lot of stuff like that. And wow. we had we were inches away from I know no one's going to believe this, especially you. We were inches away from closing O.J. Simpson and Mark Furman. If you could imagine wow. that, <laughs> could you and, uh, imagine that it was crazy. Yeah, and and we had talked to Rodney King as well about fighting yeah. Stacy Coons on the undercard. That was that was <laughs> the goal. How how many buys do you think that would have done? I'll tell you, Rodney really wanted that fight too. Talking to him, um, that would have done a couple, you know, in the millions. I would think so too. Yeah, I'll probably because it's probably it, done one it, event. Yeah, so I had this cr a crazy fight. I had George Zimmerman was going to fight DMX. So I got, we all so I hooked up with this billionaire, Alki David. He was going to pay me a million. He was going to pay Zimmerman a million and DMX a million. And because he was going to run it on his TV form, which would would have blew his company up. You know, everybody would have watched that fight. So, but besides that, I had Sugar Ray Leonard Jr. going to fight Marvin Hagler Jr. on the 30-year anniversary of their father's fight. We did the press conference. Everything was set. Me drinking messed up. That's when I hit the brick wall. So I had to return a lot of money, and I lost out on a very big payday. All right, so you messed up. You go to prison or jail for 13. How, how was your 13 months in jail? Do you have to fight? <laughs> oh. I'll tell you, it was long. Everybody was loves hearing prison stories, man. Come on. No, no. Listen, well, let me tell you something. As a guy growing up, a regular Jewish dude, you know, a uh, fighter, but um, you know, I, I just honestly, it was the craziest experience because it makes you understand. Listen, I never want to hear the word commissary the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a learning experience of a lifetime where it was experience. I mean, it, it took a year away from my life, but it also was a year that gave me the, um, um, what should I say, the studying, the tutelage to understand you can't play around in life. So so you come out after 13 months, and what next? Did you dive right back into your life as it was previously? You know, without the drinking and, and the craziness, obviously. <laughs> But did you go right back <laughs> um, into business or, or did you get, I go, no, oh my God, I'm, I'm free now and you were a different person. So I had this idea of doing beauty battles. So I got involved in doing some beauty battles and it just wasn't me. I tried it a few times. Then someone came to me and said, would you like to do a fight with Farrah Abraham? She's this girl from Teen Mom. So I agreed to do it and she took on, she was going to take on Shaquille O'Neal's ex-girlfriend. 
Nicole Hoops Alexander. The press conference has done everything. Next thing you know, Farrah Abraham uh, calls me up and says, I need six six first-class flights and 36 hotel rooms where I'm not fighting. It's like all of a sudden that was it. You know what I mean? And uh, But Hoops ended up fighting still when she fought one of the girls from Mob Wives. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, that, don't you love me. being held up at the last minute by a? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, all the time. Sorry, Damon, I, mean, I lost you. Yeah, not all the time, but you know, you always get you hit brick walls with this stuff because what would I? You learn with a learning. I don't pay people up front anymore. You know, you, you're very careful how you do these fights now. Now I have this new concept that was going to unleash until this Corona came, but right after Corona's done. Unleash it just with a lot of celebrities part of each event just to be part of it. They don't even have to fight. Well, good. I look forward to, to seeing what you're going to do next. Now, w- when you're not working on celebrity boxing, what are the most important parts of your life aside from that? Well, number one thing is uh, taking care of my kids, spending a lot of time with them. Um, health, you know, health and fitness, making sure you work out. And um, really my career, you know, I'm just always thinking of like new ideas to work. You know, I'm a very uh, self-made guy that, you know, I've done well. And I, I just, I don't, I've never really partnered with investors. So I just do my own thing. It's taken a little while, but I have a lot of confidence in myself. But my life is just basically chilling in my hometown. Um and when I'm getting ready for two fights, I end up on Howard Stern, TMT, all of it. You know what I mean? Man, that's a, that's a pretty good place to be promoting your fights from, isn't it? From Howard Stern. So yeah. You're you're backing your own shows financially. You don't work with Alki David anymore then? With nah, the, Alki. Billionaire Alki David's not part of. Nah, he was, that was back in 2011 and 14 with the two events together. Uh, he's more into like he's sort of a real eccentric guy, nice guy, but he had his own issues going I, on. I know Alki. He's he's eccentric. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a wild oh, guy. Sorry. Yeah, he he's a what? No, it's good. He's a wild guy. He's, he does this thing. I do mine, but uh, he's a very interesting character, and <laughs> uh, he's not a guy for celebrity boxing. I know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We should almost call him and surprise him and put him on. But maybe we'll save that for. We'll save that. That would be for great. Let's time. Prank uh, he's funny. So guy. you're. He'd be a funny guys. This is Alki David. Look him up if you have a chance. A L K I and then last name David. This is the uh, the cover child for eccentric billionaires. That's for sure. Maybe oh, yeah. uh, John. Are you still there, producer John? Pause or else. Can you hear us? Yes, still here. Still can hear you. John, are you with us? Yes. Damon and I decided we wanted to prank this billionaire while we're uh, on this call <laughs> here. Is that something <laughs> that you could figure out how to do? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll try to figure it out. Give me uh, give me a couple minutes. Okay, cool. Yep. All right, very good. That's uh, John Pozarowski, a producer from Two Man Power Trip. He, he's always we, we, we should prank doable. Uh, That's awesome. We should prank Lenny Dykstra or someone. <laughs> oh, dude, that would be awesome. Now, I don't know him. I've I've heard the guy's completely nuts. Is that true or not necessarily? 
That's an understatement. Now nah, he's uh, he's okay. He's a wild guy. Man, we should, all right, we should all do right. a celebrity prank. Yeah, what? You know, we should. We should talk about that between. You know what? Between your list and my list of eccentric, you know, D list and F list and A list and all that, we could have some fun doing that, man. That might be oh, really yeah, cool. Definitely. All for right. Sure. That's a that's one to save for later. So I know I'm jumping around a bit. I'm a little ADD on these conversations, but yes, what the heck? They're, they're, how how old are your kids? My son's uh, 13, my daughter's 17, and they're, they're in their own world. So it's like I'm just dad to them now, and uh, I'm lucky if I get a chance to spend time with them daily. Like my daughter, maybe once every two weeks. My son, I'm in his life. I train him every day in boxing just to for his conditioning and all. So it's right. really a lot of fun. That's cool. So you have a good relationship with them, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and friendly friendly with your ex and all that? Yeah, we got um, we had good relationships, man. I, not too much, uh, nothing bad to say about, you know. Good. We're, uh, it's very important to have a good relationship with your, you know, your other halves or, you know, especially for the kids. It's really important. And the mother uh, of your children. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Are you, um, are you dating these days? You involved with anybody? Yeah, What's going yeah, on there? Man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just like, uh, I'm single right now. I'm looking, I'm looking to get a partner in life, but I, you know, marriage, I don't know. I don't think that's my thing. Um, Right now, just, you know, dating, having some fun. I can't wait to, I really want to, I was out in LA back in October. I was doing some TV court show. I won. I should have looked you up, but uh, I met this girl out there, man. Damn. And I could never found her again, but I got to get out to LA. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I, I hear you. You're, you're in Philadelphia, right? I don't think we brought that up yet. Yeah. I'm in Philadelphia. I live right outside of Philadelphia. Have you ever run the, uh, the steps of the art museum? Yeah, several times. I can't right now. I need to get a leg operation, but yeah, I, I it's when you're down there, you have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, and the number one thing is the Rocky statue is uh, excuse me, the Rocky statue is the bottom of the steps now. So it's the biggest, what are, it's the biggest tourist thing in the in the um city at the time. Even really even more, even even more than the Liberty Bell. I think so, man. I, wow. I don't know. I never really go to the Liberty Bell, but non-stop it's always i mean even if it's freezing out you see like lines of people just doing pictures it's like bizarre you know what i mean and um slide's cool though man like he knows boxing him and frank like we had talks several talks and sly loves like he's just a fight guy man like he knows boxing man like that's how he's able to do all these things because he really knows boxing so i guess he he's just such a motivational person for the city of philadelphia yeah, I, and I, I'm a huge fan, and I love the statue also. So, yeah. David, your your book is out now. It's the 16 Minute Man. If um, how, how how can people look it up, and how how can they get your book? Yeah, you go right to Amazon. Look up the 16 Minute Man. Uh, it comes up. Um, it's like a uh, electronic uh, version. If you want to, you know, I'm at Celebrity Boxing One on social uh, on IG Instagram. Facebook, you know, people can message either me or I'll get someone to get back to you. And, you know, the book's out. My movie is my new world championship. I lost my championship opportunity to be able to fight 
for a world championship now my opportunity is to make this movie happen it's the world championship it's the goal now thanks to jackie barak um scott wiener and uh, david greenberg who wrote my movie and, and sporty smith who helped me out with my book and angel miller so your biggest goal in life or at least your biggest professional goal right now is to see that movie made is that right yeah it has to i will have to unfold and tell the story it's 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 for the people very that, important that's and are you um are you convinced it's going to happen hey we're we're almost there just gotta get the fun funding together a little um i'm hoping man you know i'm looking for all the help we can i'm a guy that just does breakthrough doors i know it's going to happen i don't know when Good. but i just right. gotta keep moving well i was hoping that was your answer yeah you're convinced it's happening that's great that's mm -hmm. great i mean i'm convinced at one point that this podcast is going to be one of the top 10 podcasts and that i'm going to uh use it as a platform to make my books bestsellers. So we have to believe hey. in what we're, we got to believe in what we're doing, right? You can't, hey, we well, can't. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so impressed by you doing this one. And here's the thing I read, you know, before coming on, I read a lot of stuff about you and man, I'm glad you're doing better. Thank God your health, you know, cause um, I didn't know you went through all that, man. And uh, you know, all the best to you. Oh God. Thank you. Yeah. Just, uh, just three years ago now, it seems like five lifetimes ago, I was on the streets barely able to walk after these back surgeries, taking a bus with two of my pit bulls to go to dialysis appointments because both my kidneys had failed. I mean, talk about being down and out. And yeah, I feel good now. I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm training pretty hard. Um, I've got this good. weird, no got this great notion in my head about um, taking a shot at the world bench press record for my, uh, for my weight class. Awesome. So yeah, it's all turned around. You know, there, there's always, um, there's always a way back out. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, 100%, man. And, you know, knowing you, I've always, you're like one guy I always remember. You know what I mean? Rick Bassman. You know, it's like, you always were like creative guy coming through with different things. And I love watching what you've, where you're at now. And I'm glad you're beating things. And uh, I always loved that picture with you with all the bigger guys in the middle, the wrestlers or whatever it was. I don't know. It looks like oh, a, yeah. uh, part of, you had a reality show or something you were working on. I remember that. Yes, but yeah, a bunch. We got a bunch on to air in one to one degree or another. And that that photo with me and the big guys, there was like yeah, there was thousands of like that, thousands of photos like that. And uh, oh, yeah, always as a small as a small person physically, I always traveled in that larger than life giant world. But you do too. Well, you I mean, are. You are. And, 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 you're, and you're built. Thank you, man. Takes takes one to know one, my friend. Well, <laughs> David, man, it's, it's really, really good to, to have you on today. Um, yeah. We had a nice audience and some really nice comments here. Uh, man, I just want to say I'm really glad we've reconnected. And I want to just thank you so much for uh, agreeing to spend part of your Saturday evening doing this with me. Hey, man, you had a great time, man, Rick, and I really appreciate it. I'm gonna look, I can't wait to go back and look at this uh, video. Thank you. Yeah, and best of luck. At 16-Minute Man, Damon Feldman, please look him up. and 16MinuteManMovie.com. Uh, there you go. My friend, so good to see you. And you let's, too. let's definitely be in touch, okay? Thanks a lot, Rick. All the best, man. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Damon. Bye-bye. John, are you there? John Paul Zorowski. Yes. You want, yes, to, uh, sir. want to show everybody your handsome face? Yes. All right. Back on. There, there you are, John Pozorowski, my amazing producer of the two-man power trip and host of the two-man power trip, one of the top podcasts in the pro wrestling world. Yes. So did you, do you know much about uh, 
Do you know much about Damon Feldman before we did this today? Had you ever heard of him before? I've heard of him because of Howard Stern and celebrity boxing, but I didn't know much about him. I didn't know his background. Did not know he was a uh, professional, well, an amateur boxer, but then a professional boxer. Didn't know he was undefeated either, so that's pretty cool. Tough guy. Yeah, yeah tough guy. He, he's a good dude. I, I do remember meeting him when someone first told me about celebrity boxing, and my reaction was pretty much as I told him, I'm like, what is this garbage? And... <laughs> Because you look at the bachelors, Octomom is fighting and, and whatnot. And uh, like you said, Tanya Harding. Right. And I went to a show in Beverly Hills, and it was really well produced. And, you know, if uh, if you're into the whole pop cultural thing and, and are into seeing something different, then uh, to me it was always pretty cool. And it's fun to think about the, uh, you know, the bizarre matches that, that might be coming. Um, I was a little more, little more taken by his, uh, you know, Everybody has a story, as we're finding out here on mm. Talking Tough, right? Yep. Yeah, his personal life. Yeah, for sure. That was pretty, uh, pretty dark. You know, spending some time in jail for those reasons. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's one one degree of uh, yeah. I mean, it's one degree or another. We we've all been there. That's for sure. I don't mean mm-hmm. jail necessarily, but you you know right. what I'm talking about. Yep. Down. Right. down. Yep. So more more importantly, who do you think would have won in a fight between OJ Simpson and Mark Furman? <laughs> I would imagine OJ would absolutely destroy him, but uh, I could be wrong on that. You know, a big, huge guy like that and a former pro athlete, yeah. one of the best, <laughs> literally one of the best ever. He's got to be tough as hell. And to oh, be a running right. back in, in that era where those guys were literally out to kill you, no, no offense to bring that up with OJ, but those guys <laughs> were out to hurt you big time. Um, he was tough as nails and one of the best running backs ever. He would destroy Furman. That would have been interesting, man. It would have been no, weird and interesting, though. Oh yeah, it could have. Uh, with with Rodney King and Stacy Coons as the as the the semi main. That that's crazy. That's insane. I could yeah. I could have retired after that one. Talk about being exploitative. Wow, I feel like a um, I feel like a circus barker even thinking of that or even mentioning it. But you know, controversy creates cash. So says our friend Eric Bischoff. That's right. Yep. Well, well, man, I just uh, yeah wanted to do a quick wrap up with you as always. Thank you, John, for figuring all this stuff out. We forgot to prank Lenny Dykstra and Frank Stallone oh. and the rest, but um, yeah, <laughs> we should um, we, we should look into that and uh, maybe um, maybe do that down the road. That might be yeah. kind of a fun feature to yeah. hit people unaware. Yep. I wonder if Lenny ever had any real intentions of fighting. It seemed like it was all a work on his part. You know what I mean? I wonder if he really, yeah, he says he wanted to fight and be a part of it. Like, did he really want to do it? Like that? I always kind of curious that would be great to kind of prank him and see where, uh, where his mind is at. Yeah. We'll have to ask him and then we can uh, make our own uh, judgment based on his answer. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that coming up uh, in the future of talking tough. So, Hey, everybody out there, uh, Thanks for watching. If you've watched, always want to hear your comments, good, bad, or ugly. Just looking to get better at this uh, progressively as we go on. Um, the website is right up here under my uh, under my face, uh, www.talking-tough.com. There's a lot of very cool episodes up there right now. Uh, a couple of personal favorites, Darren McBee. We did our Love Lorne Tough Guy episode for Valentine's Day. Darren was uh, Malibu from the American Gladiators and is now an ordained minister and drug and alcohol rehabilitation counselor. But I'll talk about a story. Uh, there, there's some really cool conversations on Talking Tough. 
if you are up for downloading one, do it through the Apple uh, link. If you are, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, then there's a place you can leave a comment. So again, seriously, really looking for you know criticism. Hopefully, you know nice criticism or uh, polite criticism. But if not, that's okay too. The goal is to get better and better. And uh, anyone that I'm still amazed people will actually watch this and stay with it the whole way. It, it, it's humbling and uh, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's providing you with some sort of entertainment or, or inspiration or, or something else good. So for uh, for Talking Tough and for John and the two-man power trip, thank you all so much. Signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody. John, see you soon. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.